Hey there, this is Chase Hansen, your DFW Realtor, and welcome to the audio version of my monthly updates for the Dallas-Fort Worth area home and housing market. Since this is the audio from a video update, you may hear me reference a picture or graph from time to time. I do my best to explain what's happening in those visual pieces anyways, so hopefully you can still get the content, and you can always go check out the video on my YouTube channel, Chase Hansen, DFW Realtor, if you feel like you missed anything. That should be all you need to know. Uh, you can find all my contact info if you need any help with real estate needs on my YouTube channel as well. I hope you find this helpful. Let's get into it. Affordability is one of the biggest questions on people's minds in the housing market these days, and it's important for people who want to buy a home to start thinking through those factors now because next spring's housing market will not be the same as today's housing market. It's November, 2023 is winding to a close. For a lot of people, that means looking forward to 2024 and thinking through life plans like buying or selling a house. My goal today is to give you some clarity as you think through the current market and your future plans. I'm Chase Hansen, your DFW Realtor. Today in the update, we're going to talk about the state of home prices, predictions for housing affordability in 2024, and I'll tell you the basics of how people qualify for mortgages, because whether you're looking for your first house or you've done this a few times, if you're getting a loan, you're going to want to know how to set yourself up well for that. If you find these videos helpful or learn anything new, I just ask that you hit the thumbs up button and subscribe. And for personalized home advice, whether you're moving or thinking about moving, you can also email me directly or request a free consultation through the contact info listed in the video description. I'd love to help you out. All right, let's start with where the market is right now with my market watch. The most recent report available for the North Texas housing market says that the median home price overall is $370,020. For Dallas, it's $420,000, and for Fort Worth, it's $339,891. Instead of just telling you stats, let me explain what those numbers are actually saying and where things are at right now with home prices. That way we can explain some of the surprising trends and do some myth-busting at the same time. Home prices have been very stable in this market. The reason prices have been so stable in this market is because on the one hand, you have higher mortgage rates right now, which means less buyers are out looking for houses. But on the other hand, at the same time, you have lower numbers of new listings. In fact, Logan Motoshami, the chief data analyst at HousingWire, said that at one point in October, we saw the lowest number of new listings ever recorded. Here's what that means. Less buyers looking should make prices go down because houses have to compete for buyers. Less houses available should make prices go up because multiple buyers have to compete for the same house. Because those two are happening at the same time, prices stay more or less stable. Before we go on to talk about affordability more generally, let's make something clear about home prices. You have the people out there who want the housing market to experience some massive collapse with prices going down huge amounts, and so they write news stories and make videos about how there's something big around the corner that's going to make houses cheap again. And I get it that houses are not cheap, and especially for first-time homebuyers, it can feel so daunting to get into the market right now. But those people wishing for a market crash aren't looking at real facts, and a lot of time they're just investors looking to make money, and so at the end of the day, they care more about getting clicks than helping real people. So here's the reality when it comes to home prices. We have a nationwide housing shortage. 
Builders haven't been able to build enough new houses to keep up with the population, and millennials are in the prime age range for entering the housing market, with Gen Z honestly not that far behind. And so like I said, when you have increased demand, more people wanting to buy houses, and the amount of houses available doesn't rise with it, prices tend to rise. Now, I don't think prices are rising the next few years the way they have the last few years. The pandemic market was unique for a lot of reasons. If you want more info about that, let me know in the comments. I can elaborate there. But the basic reality is this. Prices won't be drastically falling because that lack of inventory and stable demand of real people needing places to live means there's just a limit to where things can go. The stats do not show a surge of foreclosures coming. There's not a surge of new building to any level that could impact prices in that way. The most realistic future to plan for is price stability. And our hope is that prices stay at a normal and healthy level of appreciation or growth, not the crazy increases of the pandemic market and not a crash. Now, I know that's not always what people want to hear, but it is actually what the stats and the research show. And I make these videos to help real people think through their buying and selling plans, not to get clicked, because I'm an actual realtor, and that's my job. That's home prices. Give the video a like if you found that helpful, and if you disagree or have any questions, let me know in the comments. Now let's talk about affordability. Hearing what I said about home prices might lead some people to be more concerned about affordability going into the next year. And affordability and home prices do go hand in hand, although I want to clarify that there's more than one factor that goes into what makes a house more or less affordable. If you're buying a house, the big ticket number, the number that you see advertised for the home price, say $350,000, that number absolutely matters. But unless you're paying cash for your house, that's not the number you'll actually be budgeting for. When you get a mortgage, the numbers you're budgeting for are down payment, closing costs, and your monthly payment. Now, how much you save for your down payment can impact your monthly payment because if you're bringing less than 20%, say 3% down or 5% down and getting a loan for the rest of that money, you will have what's called private mortgage insurance, an additional monthly fee from your lender of probably $100 or $200. A lot of people do that though because especially on a first home, it's hard to save 20% out of pocket. So putting 5% down gives people a real opportunity to get into a home. Your monthly payment is the thing that is most impacted by interest rates. That's why it matters that mortgage interest rates are fairly high right now, and that's why I'm regularly updating you on the predictions and status of mortgage rates. At an 8% interest rate and 20% down, your mortgage principal and interest monthly payments for a $350,000 house are $2,055 a month. At 7%, the same house is $1,863 a month. At 6%, the same house is $1,679 a month. Now, those aren't factoring in yearly property taxes or home insurance, but in general, the point is that rates impact affordability because when rates are higher, your budget buys less house. But when rates are lower, your budget buys more house. Now, when we're looking at the next year, we expect the overall price cycle to be fairly normal and similar to this year. So we don't expect wild swings in prices, which is good. Stability is good because it lets you plan. What we're watching for the affordability conversation side, though, is mortgage rates. Now, October saw us hit 8% mortgage rates. But looking towards next year, here's the updated prediction from the Mortgage Bankers Association. Their current prediction is that we end the year back down closer to a 7% mortgage rate. 
So still thinking that rates will begin their trend down, but we're just starting from a slightly higher peak. And they predict that we'll end 2024 with a closer to 6% mortgage rate. Now, again, these are predictions, not promises, but the experts still expect that downward trend to start at the end of this year. As someone who has helped people buy and sell in both booming markets and slow markets, here's the recommendation I would give. If buying a house is a goal for you, and you're not doing it as some kind of speculative investment, but as a place to live, a place to stop worrying about rent increases, to have that home that is yours, that belongs to you, that you own and plan to stay in for 5 or 10 or 20 years, if that's the place you're at in life, there's a certain point where it's going to stop being about timing the market and waiting, and instead you're just going to sit down and figure out, what's our monthly budget? Do we qualify for a mortgage? And what are the options that we can afford that work for our family? There's never been a perfect time to buy. There's only your budget needs and when you decide to finally enter the market for your family. And maybe a year or two from now, you're still in your house and interest rates have gone down some and you decide to refinance to lower your monthly payments, but without having to pay more for your house. That could be an option for you. It's about what you can afford and what works best for you, not about news headlines. If you're looking for a home in DFW or selling a home in DFW and want to think through these things for your particular situation, in the bio is a link to a Google form where you can request a meeting with me. We can sit down for coffee or have a phone call and think through your plans and your goals. No cost or obligation to work with me, just a step forward and some professional advice to help you get started. Okay, we've talked about home prices, we've talked about the calculus of affordability for next year, let's finish by talking about what it actually takes to get a mortgage. Because sometimes people think they're ready to look for a home, and then they start surfing home websites, fall in love with the house, but they haven't even checked to see if they qualify, and they don't have the team in place to step into that transaction with representation and protection. So let's talk about it. These are the four things that are needed to qualify for a mortgage. This is what a lender looks at to pre-qualify you, and these are the limits they use to say how much you can borrow when you're getting a mortgage. That's why I always say you should build out your team of professionals before you start house hunting. Have your lender help you set a budget. Have an agent to represent you in the contract negotiations. These things don't just help you save money, but they can keep you from getting taken advantage of by the sellers or from making mistakes that disqualify you from getting a house at all. So, here it is, the four factors to qualify for a mortgage. The first one that we'll check is your credit score. Your credit matters when buying a house because you're taking out what may be the largest loan of your life. Minimum for many lenders is usually a 620 credit score, but this is a situation where the higher your score is, the better off you are. Having better credit not only makes sure you qualify in the first place, but a higher score can mean lower fees for some lenders and even land you with lower monthly payments in some cases. Better credit can lead to less costs because it's less risk for the lender to write that mortgage. So if you've been putting off working on your credit, maybe start taking steps in that direction. The second thing on our list is proof of income. To get a mortgage, you have to be able to show that you have consistent income to be able to pay your monthly payments. Now, a common way that lenders approach this is called the 28% rule. That means that when they make your loan, no more than 28% of your gross monthly income should be going to your mortgage. So it's not just enough that you make more money than your mortgage, but they want to have a safe gap to know that your mortgage fits in with the rest of your life. That's why you shouldn't just guess how much house you can afford. Another factor that goes into this is your job stability. Now, lenders typically want to see that you've been working in the same field for at least two years. Now, again, writing a loan is an investment for them. 
So these qualification factors are about protecting that loan and making sure it's not too risky for them to do that. So you'll probably have to provide pay stubs, employment records, and sometimes tax records to your lender during the approval process. The third thing that they'll look at is your monthly debt burden. Now, usually this is referred to as your debt to income ratio or DTI. Now again, lenders don't just want to know that you make more than your monthly payment. They want to know that the monthly payment can fit affordably into your life. So for many banks, they have a 36% rule for DTI. So that means that including your mortgage, your total debt monthly payments shouldn't exceed 36% of your monthly income. So that debt to income ratio includes car payments, credit card payments, student loans. And so if you have ways to lower your monthly payments in other arenas, that can actually open you up to afford more house. And you should know that when you're getting a mortgage, you don't want to buy new cars or take out other loans or load up credit card debt because that can actually ruin your ability to afford a house. Fourth and finally on the list is cash on hand. Yes, a lender is going to want to see your bank account. Uh, they want to know that you'll have enough money available to close on the house. That means you want to save your down payment plus closing costs. Now, my typical recommendation for people is saving your down payment plus 3%. And down payments will depend on the loan you're getting, the options available to you. Like, yes, the gold standard is 20%, but you might be able to get a loan with 3% down or 5% or 10% down. Some of that depends on your credit and impacts other fees, but there's options available. Also, you can get a gift from a family member. That's very normal. Just know that you'll have to tell your lender that's what you're doing because they will want to document where any money is coming from for the purchase of the house. So to review, the four factors that lenders look for when qualifying someone for a house are credit, income, debt, and cash. Now, those are the financial puzzle pieces you want to have in place when you're ready to buy a house. If you need a recommendation for a good lender in the DFW area or North Texas, I'd be happy to introduce you to some of the people that I trust and enjoy working with. And if you're thinking about buying a house or moving in the DFW, I'd love to be the realtor on your team to help you search, negotiate, and navigate the whole process from start to finish. You can get in touch with me through my email in the description, or there's also a link to schedule a free consultation where we can talk through your home needs, no obligation with that meeting, just help and advice from a professional who's familiar with the home buying and selling process. You can also find me on Instagram at Hanson Realtors DFW. Again, my name is Chase Hanson, a realtor serving the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex in North Texas. Be sure to like this video, subscribe to my channel, share this with a friend who would find it helpful. Thanks for watching. I'll see you next time.